I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Push back at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spinero. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Live Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group insider Dave Spadaro with you. And we're just a few days away from, believe it or not, the preseason opener Thursday night, the Tennessee Titans at Lincoln Financial Field. Game time, 7.30. Our coverage begins with a kickoff show hosted by Amy Campbell at 7 o'clock on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our official app, and throughout our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Make sure you're with us every step of the way. Great pregame coverage and complete postgame coverage as well. We've got a great podcast for you here. We're going to talk with Peter King from NBC Sports, the really the king of all coverage in the NFL. He's been around for more than 30 of the NFL's 100 years. We'll talk about his view of the Philadelphia Eagles. But first up, we're going to go into the trenches. Defensive tackle Malik Jackson, his first year here with the Eagles. He's excited about what's ahead. Time now to bring in Eagles defensive tackle Malik Jackson in his first year with the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you signed some autographs here today, getting to know these Eagles fans. Yeah. How would you characterize Eagles fans, Malik? Uh, passionate. Passionate, yeah. caring, um, love the game. You know, they want to win, and uh, they expect to win. So I love it. Knowledgeable? Very knowledgeable. Knowledgeable about the history and, uh, you know, how far back the Eagles go. You know, we just had a guy say he was a 30-year season ticket holder. So it is it looked like he was about 38, 40. So for most of his life holding tickets, that's pretty awesome. Did you get invested in the fans in Denver and in Jacksonville? Um, as far as charity, yeah, more than I did just knowing them. But here, you know, I feel like it's a, everybody wants to get, you, get to know you as the player and as a person. So it's more, you know, it's a lot easier for me to talk to people just about football and about life because here they care so much. Malik, we've got a preseason game coming up here. Amazing, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden. Uh, your thoughts on the preseason and, and how much you need – to get ready for the regular season? Um, I mean, I embrace the preseason. You know, it's one of those things that I feel like it's nice just to break the cobwebs off. You know, you go out there, you have jitters. You haven't been doing it for a while, so to get out there, get somebody else in a different color jersey, it's nice. You know, you just got to work your moves and see what works, see what doesn't, and just kind of, uh, you know, cultivate your game to get ready for that first game uh, after the last preseason game. So it, I, I enjoy it. Oh. I feel like they're needed. Okay, okay. That's a not, very maybe politi- not all of them. That's a very politically correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you taken the most reps against since you've been an Eagle? I'm talking spring and through training camp here. Uh, most guards, so probably Isaac. Okay. Isaac's been the most, um, yeah, and uh, Viati. Okay. I, I think I spelled Big it. Big V. Right. Big V. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, him and Isaac, the two I've really been able to go against. Um, I see, um, oof. Do you, know, do you know what Big V's name is? Big V. Do you know what his, real, his full name is? Uh-uh. Halapolavati Vitae. Wow. Halapolavati. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, culture. I love uh, it. But do you, I mean, you got to believe that, you know, you're kind of going, man, I've seen so much of Isaac. I know every move. <laughs> this is boring. Ah, uh, nah. He's been doing a pretty good job. You know, for me, it's one of those things that um, I got to get this timing down. You know, being in, in the league, this is my eighth year. So the past seven, I've been on a read defense. So for me, it's having to change my whole um, everything I've been doing as far as getting off the ball, you know, how the, that means engagement with offensive linemen are going to be a lot faster. My moves have to be a lot faster. Um, I have to gauge myself uh, getting off the ball a little bit because they're starting to just catch me right off the ball. So it's still trying to find, you know, the, the happy medium of what I'm trying to do to be successful. So, you know, they've been doing a really good job helping me. But, um, you know, I'm getting better and we have a few more days or a few more weeks of camp. So I'll be ready when the season comes. We talk about Jim's system as one that, you know, you get up the field, you just – Get off the ball and go. Is that 
honestly the way it is? That's the, that's the way it is. So there's, the there's not a whole, that's, doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of thinking in Nah, that. it's not. And I think that's that's one of the things I'm just like, I don't I don't get just go to up the field on a run. You know, I'm just used to like seeing things and doing it. But, you know, that's how you get more sacks. That's how you become more disruptive. And that's the defense I'm in. So I need to start adjusting. And like I said, I'm doing well. I just have to get the small, intricate things together just to get my game right and be in the right place every time. All right, let's, let's not talk about football. It's so hard okay. right now. All right, let's get into some other things. I know that you're really involved in this football thing, so you kind of maybe are missing some of the things that are happening out in the real world. Okay. And one of those things, because I know that you are a gamer, yes. all right? Do you know, do you, do you, are you aware of what happened last week in the, in the world of Fortnite? Oh, somebody won $3 million. No, no, a kid, oh. a 16-year-old kid won <laughs> yeah. $3 million. Have you played Fortnite? Can you describe the game to me? I tried. It's a single-player virtual reality game, uh, well, virtual uh, video game. Um, I hope so, because isn't it the object to kill people? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, language, yeah. Is, is NFL, that, is, is get fine. Oh, my bad. Uh, isn't the object to... Eliminate, eliminate, eliminate people. <laughs> yes, you're supposed to go out there, eliminate yeah. people, um, be the last one standing. I'm more of a Call of Duty guy, not so much a Fortnite guy. I don't think jumping in the air shooting people is realistic, but you know, people seem to love it. All right, so I could ask you all about your history of playing football, but I'd rather ask you, how'd you get into gaming? The first game that you ever played? Ooh, the first game I ever played, I had a PlayStation, but I've turned into an Xbox guy. You know, mm -hmm. the big controllers from my big hands, big man hands. Right. <laughs> uh, so, first game I ever played, maybe Crash Bandicoot. But uh, now I'm a big FIFA guy, big FIFA guy. I know that. Yeah. Did you pay attention to the – well, first of all, in, I don't play video games. Okay. I, I admit it. I played Madden for a long time. Yeah. Do you ever play Madden? Uh, or you don't care? No, huh? I Why, don't play Madden. Why, because it's football? Yeah, I do this all day. I don't want to go home. That's like you going home, playing on a headset what, 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 and doing what, being a sports writer? <laughs> oh, that's a cool game. Now, that's a great idea. Let's have a sports writer <laughs> video game uh, or a TV broadcast video game. Um, uh, so, so you don't, like, want to make Malik Jackson a running back and, like, create your own Malik Jackson? <laughs> nah. Man, I'm always like I said, my, my escape is just to kind of do something different, you know what I mean? So just escape, play FIFA, you know, try to score some goals, play some good defense, and uh, keep rising in the online ranks. And in, in FIFA, you play with a team or do you design your own team? No, nah, I don't play uh, with the ultimate team, I just pick a team that they have, and uh, you know, uh, Athletic Madrid right now, or uh, some other teams, you know, just just going Tottenham, you know, I, I just like to transfer different leagues and uh, see. See how I can do. And you play against people online, and yeah. you are, and you play as Malik Jackson. They know who you are. I, I don't really have a mic, so I mean, unless they know my game tag. Uh, I believe my game tag is uh, Champagne Leak. It is Champagne Leak. And so. do you do you talk during <laughs> these games? Are you like talking trash to people? Nah, because you know I don't want I don't want to get you know. Uh, it's like I don't use Twitter. They don't want to hear what I have to say. So I'm just cool, you know, calm, cool. Like that. I talk to myself a lot. What? It's an incredible industry, Malik, isn't it? Like, yeah. have you thought about like the future of where it's going to go? I mean. Who knows where gaming is going to go? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that I've got uh, kids making $3 million right now. You know, I see FIFA tournaments on ESPN right now doing their thing. So I think game is really coming along. You know, I don't think parents are really yelling at their kids anymore to stop playing video games and get their homework done. They're probably telling them to get the, play the video games and do your homework later. Yeah, I, I have some friends who went up to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York for that Fortnite tournament. And the way they describe it, I mean, the stadium is full. It's where they play the U.S. Open. Mm, and there's oh, wow. 100 finalists down there and they have the big screens up all over the stadium and these kids have practiced like six to eight hours a day yeah it's insane it's insane it's is that insane. good for this is that good for the younger generation malik uh, um i don't, I mean, don't you've got a, you've got children you've got yeah you, i have a little a girl. girl yeah um i definitely don't want to play a video game six to eight hours a day but i think it's one of those things you know if you're if you're coming from a, a family that you can help and it's something it's like me playing football you know you play football a bunch all day you you, you see a goal at the end where you can provide for your family 
these guys are doing it at a sooner pace. So who am I to doubt them or, or say it's not right? Now, okay. I don't want my daughter doing that. But, okay. Well, yeah, when, when she comes to you and says, Dad, I want to play video. Daddy, you're playing video games. Can I play video games too? What <laughs> are you going to say? Then I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I exactly. do, young lady. Exactly. All right. What other sports are you into? Um, play soccer. I watch basketball. You know, now we're here with the 76. They had a great offseason, so I'll be at those games. Cool. Um, I like hockey as well. Um, so I'll Go be my go to a hockey game with the Flyers. Just I like all sports. Yeah. You know, just getting away from what I do and just it's cool going to see other athletes work and and see their mindset. You know, I just like to watch people and uh, you know see how they act in, in in their job. Malik, I wonder when you were 14, 15 years old, what did you kind of envision your life being? Did you see yourself as an NFL player? Yeah, I, uh, my dad told me pretty young that I had to get a scholarship to go to college. And uh, once I said, okay, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to be a football player. You know, we used to watch Ray Lewis all the time. Back then I played linebacker, so we used to watch Ray Lewis all the time and, uh, you know, see football Sundays, and me and my dad really enjoy it. So I wanted that for me so he could watch me. So uh, I always knew I was going to be a football player. Probably wasn't the best idea to have all your eggs in one basket, but yeah. uh, it worked out. Yeah, good for you, man. And how's the game changed since you – started playing since you've come into the NFL? When I first came out, they were like, oh, you're a tweener. We don't know where to put you. You know, you're, you're in your three technique. And I was yeah. like, well, you know, I think now the game's adjusted where the, the, the slimmer, faster guys are inside, you know, because you have the Von Millers and the, and the uh, Khalil Max on the outside, those speedy Bernie guys, and you can have the same thing on the inside. So I think it's going towards a, a leaner, uh, smaller guys. You know, the cars got a little smaller. You know, the tackles are leaning out a little bit. So I think it's become a speed game. You know, when I do tours, we have fans, and I do tours of the Novacare Complex, and we get into the weight room, and they're amazed at the size of it, of course, mm -hmm. but they're also, they say, what is all this open space for? And I tell them that, you know, it's not about laying in a bench and pumping up 500 pounds. It's yeah. about being as flexible as you can be, as linear as you can be. Yeah. Is that the direction this game is going? I think so, because, you know, you can walk on the street and see a buff guy and be like, wow, he should play football. But if you can't move fast or, or think fast, you know, it's this game is 10% uh, physical, 90% mental, you know, and it's one of those things and, and maybe add 5% to more to the, to the physical because you have to be limber and be able to move. But, yeah, this game is more mental, man, and just getting out there, knowing what you're supposed to do and being where you're supposed to be. It's and not always about being the biggest, strongest. And how do you get through the mental part of this training camp, which does get very monotonous? Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, you're here at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You get out at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. There's only so much film you can watch. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things that's just what you, it's what you know is coming. You know, in the offseason, you're enjoying yourself. You're having a great time. But in the back of your mind, you know – it's about to be camp. I'm about to be in there for all for a long time with these guys, uh, working on my craft. So let me have my fun now, but understand what I'm working towards and what's coming soon. So uh, it's one of the things you just know. It's, it's going to be what three, four weeks of of, of this, and uh, you just embrace it. And once it's over, you're like, wow, I went, I got through that. It's an accomplishment, and I'll keep going. Yeah, and then the regular season comes, and the adrenaline goes to a totally yep. different level. Yep. All right, let's do a little uh, some questions here, a little game time. For Malik Jackson. Five questions for Malik Jackson. What is the most recent online purchase you've made? My most recent online purchase was some um, um, uh, Harrods. I went, it was a 4th of July party, and I went and bought some swim trunks that were way too small for me. So okay, thank you. I don't you. like online shopping. Did you return them or did you wear them to the party and <laughs> kind of laughed at you? No, I, I gave them to my friends who were okay. a little smaller than Okay. Me. What is the best concert you've ever seen? The best concert. I went to Coachella about two years ago, maybe three years ago now, and I, I became a beehiver there. What's so that? So Beyonce really uh, oh, spoke Beyonce. to me, and I became a beehiver. Okay. Yeah. Did you get all dressed up like everybody? No, everybody I, I was. I was very. Uh, less is more there. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I see. So, but yeah. usually it's with uh, with everybody else. Uh, all right. What? How would you describe the scene at the team hotel after this is done here, and you guys yeah. head back to the hotel? What's it like? For me, it's a ghost town. Uh, I go home right after this. You know, I just want to cool, decompress, 
be in my space a little bit. Then when I get to the hotel about 9.30, 10 ish, because uh, curfew's at 11, I don't see anybody, so I just go straight to my room and right? lay down. Yeah. You, you, do you call your loved ones at that time? I mean, um, yeah, I call my routine? little girl, say hello. You know, I, I, I would have already called her the, earlier in that day, but at the end, I call her at the end, say, you know, how's her day, live through her, and then uh, go to sleep. Very cool. Yeah. All right, number four, who is the funniest player on this roster? The funniest player on this roster, well, it's not our rookies because they don't ever have jokes. We ask them for jokes <laughs> every day, and they act like they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the funniest guy. I have to say Fletch. Fletch is pretty funny. Um, he's been around. Yeah, the funny. I think Nate Gary, he's really funny. Really? So, yeah, I, I like Nate no, Gary. He's, 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 uh, he's a closet funny guy. Yeah, he's a closet funny guy. He's got, like, the way he talks and the things he does is, is pretty funny. Fletch, I know when you uh, were a free agent, Made the little social mm-hmm. emojis of the, the eyes. eyes. Me. The eyes and that meant me. something to you, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know, so like, okay, cool. He's shopping. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, you want to hear from the player. Not as much, you know, it's good to hear from the front office and everybody upstairs. Say, hey, we want you, we want you. But to have a guy like that be like, yo, what's up? I see you. You know, and be like, okay. And, uh, you know, be able to come here and, and just help not only, you know, him get better and what he wants to do, but also me, help me get better and try to be emulate him as far as what he's done, who he's going to be, and uh, who's going to be for this game in the future. So for me to be able to sit behind him, just listen to him, and talk to him meant a lot to me, and was what I wanted to do to make my game uh, go higher. Great player, right? Like, great and player. when you get close to him, you see just how great he is. He's a great guy. Uh, okay, number five. You entered the NFL in 2012 with Denver. Mm-hmm. What did you have to do as part of your rookie duties? Uh, my rookie duties was, um, so my, the one I learned the most on is I had to get, I think it was one at Donuts. They told me the day before I get some donuts, and I totally just brushed them off because I was mad at the older guy because I felt like he was neglecting the second round pick that was right in front of him. So I didn't get the donuts, and then they took my keys for like three and a half hours, <laughs> and I was stuck at the uh, practice facility. So I learned a valuable lesson, just do what they need. Do what do. they need, and the rookies these days, they get you the Reader's Water Ice. <sighs> if they're good. Yeah. They're real, uh, what do they call it, sheltered here yeah. nowadays. You know, they don't want to do stuff, and then you got to teach them hard lessons. They don't want to do stuff. You don't. They don't say no, do they? I mean, there's so many words, you know. No, it's more than just the words. It's not the action. It's the, it's the action I'm looking for. You know, it's a lot of just lackadaisicalness. You know, they act like we didn't go through it, you know. So, uh, we built this game for you, son. You know, but the but the league's a little softer, yeah. so you can't haze as I well understand. as much. But, you know. Hey, Malik, great stuff, man. Appreciate Thanks for stopping you. by. Thank you. Have a great uh, first preseason game. Appreciate many that. Many more to come, many more great moments to come. Malik Jackson, Eagles defensive tackle, joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast. Thanks so much to Malik Jackson for his time, and we're looking forward to seeing how he works inside with Fletcher Cox and Tim Jernigan. We're going to come back to the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group in just one moment. Heart to heart with the king of all NFL media, Peter King from NBC Sports joins us. Share the tradition of Eagles football with the young fan in your life with an Eagles Kids Club membership. For just $20, members receive an amazing welcome kit, invites to special events like the Halloween party, opportunities to win Eagles prizes with monthly contests, and so much more. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Kids Club to sign up today. Hello, Eagles everywhere. Insider Dave Spadaro here. It's the Eagles Live podcast brought to you by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm here with the king, Peter King from NBC, and uh, we just talked about this 36 years of covering the NFL as we celebrate the 100th year of this It's great lunatic game. that yeah. I've covered this game for 36% of the time that it's been a game. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, that's that's. Well, how does this strike you at the moment? I mean, that blo- really, really blows me away. I don't really think of it. You know how when you're in your job, 
Dave, you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, here's what I'm doing today. I'm going to the Eagles. You don't think, oh, my God, this has been a long time. You don't, you don't really – I'm not one of those people who sits back and, and thinks about a lot of the grandiose things, but it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. What do you think has changed the most about the game in 36 years? Um, I think on the field what has changed is the diminution of the running game and the fact that um, the old cliche of you've got to establish the running game uh, has long been since proven uh, false. You, you don't have to establish the running game anymore. However, I will just say that if Ezekiel Elliott's not on the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys, they're in trouble, <laughs> you know, having said that. But, uh, but And I think off the field... I mean, Dave, the first year I ever covered the NFL was 1984. Cincinnati Bengals training camp, Wilmington College, Wilmington, Ohio. Absolute middle of nowhere in the middle of cornfields. I lived in the dorm with the players. Sam Weich was the coach of the team, and he said, anytime you ever need anything, say after 9.45 at night, I'll be finished. Just come and knock at my door. Probably six times in six weeks, mm -hmm. I spent an hour and a half talking football with the head coach at 9.45 Great at training night. ground. At the uh, two-a-day practices. One practice a day at least. Uh, on average, I would, uh, I'd watch with Paul Brown, the owner of the Bengals. He just... Those things don't happen anymore. And I'm never one to say, oh, woe is us. Access isn't the same. The game's not the same. You just deal with whatever is in front of you. So yeah. I'm, I don't pine for the old days. I'm just telling you. It was pretty different. Yeah, well, <laughs> here in Philadelphia, we're excited about the new days. I mean, yeah, you two years be. removed from a Super Bowl, a franchise that, I don't know, from our perspective, seems like it's really, really solid yeah. and could be very solid for years to come. Do you see it that way with the Philadelphia Eagles? Anytime you have a quarterback who you think is your franchise guy and he's 25-ish, whatever Carson Wentz is, uh, I, you have to say that you have the biggest piece of the puzzle and the most important piece of the puzzle solved. Um, and look, I'm like everybody else. I want to see him play 16 games for like four years in a row. Um, and because... The biggest part of, uh, this is an old Parcells cliche, the biggest part of ability is availability. Yeah. So he's got to play. He knows that. Everybody knows that. But assuming he does, the Eagles have a top six, eight, whatever quarterback uh, for the next 15 years. And again, knock on wood when you say that, but I'm just saying what is reality. The Eagles think that, and I think everybody around the league thinks that. Peter, it's interesting. When, when Carson came into the league, I saw this really long, sinewy, muscular kid, and I thought, well, in five years, he'll be built more like Ben Roethlisberger. He'll get bulkier. Right. And now everybody's looking at Tom Brady and saying, I need to be leaner, leaner, leaner. Is that where it's coming from, this follow-the-leader mentality? They're seeing the longevity, the greatness of Tom Brady. I'm just going to gonna say that. this, Dave. You've just given me a great question to ask Carson Wentz okay. after practice right. <laughs> today. And I'm going to say to him, listen, Carson, I couldn't think of any questions on my own, so I got this from Dave Spadaro. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> You're welcome to do no, that. No, <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it's funny that this kid, Ryan Finley, he's a quarterback last year at North Carolina State. I should remember who uh, Cardinals, where he right? is. Is he the Cardinals? I thought he was Cardinals at one point. Okay. Okay. But but anyway, so he's you know he came out of football and and this is from Matt Hasselbeck. He told me this. 
uh, because he was doing one of his games. Hasselbeck, I guess, does some college football for ESPN. And he did a North Carolina State game, and he sat with Finley, and Finley told him, I bought the TB12 book, you know, Tom, the Tom Brady method. And he said, I am doing everything that he says to do. He said, my nutrition has totally changed. My body profile has totally changed. I'm totally into electrolytes now. Huh. And so, I mean, that's the first I had heard of a guy modeling himself after Brady. But it wouldn't surprise me for this one reason. Like, I think, you know, I think it's a cliche and maybe not a good one to, you know, bulk up so it'll be harder to injure you on a hard hit. I mean, I'm just not sure that that's true. Just because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger might be an outlier. I mean, Cam Newton's been hurt, and he's true. a big guy. True. Um, but, but anyway, I do think, you know, when I look at Carson out here, I, I see a guy who he does look different, and he really, I, I don't think you're going to change Carson Wentz. Agreed. Dave, I don't, he is not going to be bubble-wrapped. I, I asked Doug Peterson this this morning. And, you know, he said, we're not really changing a lot. And I said, you're not going to bubble wrap your quarterback? He goes, absolutely not. Mm. And so, look, I think when I look at this team, I mean, everybody wants to say, okay, what's going to be different with Carson Wentz? I, I don't know that there's going to be much of anything different with Carson Wentz. We just want him on the field. And if he's on the field, that means good things for the Philadelphia. Yeah. Are there any questions you have about this team as you kind of look at the Eagles and say, this has to happen, this has to happen, so forth? Well, I mean, when I look at this team, you know what? The strangest, kind of the strangest little transaction that I saw this offseason was them bringing back Darren Sproles. Not necessarily that Sproles might, you know, can't still make electric plays, but I've always thought that teams progress, and I'm not, and again, I'm not in any way criticizing Darren Sproles. My whole point is that I look at this team, okay, maybe he'll return punts. I don't even know what he'll do. But he's the type of guy who you you need to replace Darren Sproles. You know, you need to say to Corey Clement, you know, you're you're going to have to do all this Darren Sproles stuff now, and you might have to return punts. Mm -hmm. You know, but but anyway, I just think like if I were looking at this roster right now, I want some of these young guys this year to start being big players for this team because it's easy to say it's easy to look oh Fletcher Cox Brandon Graham all the you know we got big stars and you still got Malcolm Jenkins I mean you got to make sure that you're building your roster and you got to make sure that some of the young guys who you draft become core players so I don't know I look at this team I would want a few of those really young players I and I don't even know like Melato is he going to uh is he going to become a magical story you know what's going to happen to him Dillard let's see I, I mean he needs to be a cornerstone guy I mean because Peters is you know whatever 37, 37 38 yeah. years old so, I mean, those are the kind of things that I'd really like to see with this team. Interesting blend. A lot of veterans, as you say, and some young players trying to push through. Yeah. Jordan Malata might be great, but he's got to get through Lane Johnson to get on yeah. the field. That's, yeah. that's the challenge. So it sounds good. NFC East, uh, Eagles-Cowboys, you see two-team race? I think, it's, I think it's an Eagle-Cowboy race. But, again, look, I, I, I mean, whatever day this is, July 25th, 6th, whatever it is, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this Ezekiel Elliott thing. But I was just saying to somebody today, 
the Dallas Cowboys would be devastated without Ezekiel Elliott. In my opinion, the Los Angeles Chargers would handle the absence of Melvin Gordon. I don't think the Cowboys would be a very good team without Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. So let's assume he plays. Then I think it's a dogfight between these two teams. I like the Eagles a little bit. I like the quarterback here a little bit better. Uh, but again, there are so many questions. Like, I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to be really good this year. But if you told me that Jimmy Garoppolo slipped on a banana peel on Labor Day and is out for the year, well, they're going to win four games. So, I mean, the same thing with Carson Wentz. He needs to play. And so I, 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 I like the Eagles slightly, a little bit over Dallas, uh, and then Washington and the Giants in that order. Do you know who you're picking at this point for the Super Bowl? I don't. I've thought about, I've thought about Kansas City. I just kind of feel like it's their time. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I usually like to pick a weird team, but I, I, I really don't know the answer to that, Dave. It's kind of funny. I was in Las Vegas last week. I spent some time with the Jeopardy champion. Um, mm -hmm. I saw that great James, piece. <laughs> James Holzhauer. He's a riot. We met in a jack-in-the-box restaurant <laughs> because he liked the Coke machine because it had uh, di his diet grape soda. And that's why we <laughs> okay. met. Uh, that's why we met there. But he, I asked him, what's a good bet this year? And he goes, well... He said, I, I, think, I think the Patriots and the Rams are, are you know, a pretty wow. good bet. And, Never and, happens. And I just said to myself, and I wish I had gone back at him and say, oh, come on, isn't that kind of a lazy pick? But I'm not saying that's his pick. Um, but he just said, I think the Patriots and the Rams are, are, you know, are, you know, are obviously going to be way up there and should be. I, I, think, I think the NFC is a... Uh, is a very very difficult, a very difficult conference to to pick this year because like I really like the 49ers, I really like the Saints, okay, and I think I might like the Packers, but I have no idea what the Packers are going to be, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's I think it's going to be a fun year. I think it is going to be a, a totally unpredictable year. Uh, and I think somebody's going to come out of the NFC that people don't really see. Well, hopefully it's the Philadelphia Eagles. The King is here, so we want to ask you five King questions go before ahead. you leave. All right, here we go. This is the King royalty quiz for Peter King from NBC Sports. This man, I mean, this man is known as the King of Rock and Roll. Easy, Elvis. right? Okay. Number two, this fiction writer is the author of Misery and Stand By Me. Stephen King. Okay. This late night TV host was known as the King of Late Night. Uh, is it Johnny Carson? That is correct. Right. Number four, King Arthur's famous sword had this name. Excalibur. Number five, this is dubious. This Philadelphia-based reporter and on-air talent refers to himself as the king. Well, it's either Howard Eskin <laughs> or Sal Palantonio. <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I think they both at times have both <laughs> acted like they have crowns on their head. <laughs> Peter King, thank you so much for joining All us. Right, Dave, have a great day here. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. <laughs> who, who is it? Howard. <laughs> We thank Malik Jackson and Peter King for their time here on the Eagles Live Podcast. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Chris Barletto for putting it all together. And, of course, thanks to you for joining us each and every show. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying, make sure you're with us on Thursday, a pregame 
Eagles Live podcast as we get ready for the preseason. Make sure you're with us then. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly.